I'm Lisa Leahy, and I'm the host of Pictures and Conversations, a rabbit hole book club. Each month on the 20th, I'm joined by a group of fellow book lovers, and we discuss a book in our typically nerdy fashion. As we continue to not talk about the book that we're not supposed to talk about. (laughs) I admittedly, too, I'm totally weird about the way I read things. Um, Sometimes I just completely devour books, and and I'm usually reading three or four at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just pick up whatever strikes my mood. I have something I read before I go to bed, and I I read murder mysteries before bed. Uh, But I, I liked it good enough. Like... No, it doesn't go super deep into developing these characters. Definitely not. Is it Harry Potter for adults? Absolutely no. not. I... Anyway, you can find Pictures and Conversations, a rabbit hole book club podcast, anywhere you get your podcasts or on our home website, rabbitholepodcasts.com. I'm going to do something that I have never done before on this show. I'm going to give you a mini That's the Bombiel style episode in the intro. Now, for whatever reason, I didn't put the film My Blue Heaven on the list, and it's a good thing that I didn't, because now I can do this. In 1990, My Blue Heaven came out. It starred Steve Martin, Rick Moranis, Joan Cusack, Carol Kane, William Hickey, and Daniel Stern in a bit part. The movie is about Steve Martin's character named Vinny, who was in a New York City mob family. He turned state's evidence on said mob family, and then is put into the FBI's protection system. So, Vinny and his wife are sent to live in a small, boring town somewhere in Arizona under the care of FBI agent Barney Coopersmith, played by Rick Moranis. Vinny's wife, tired of the town, leaves him. Cooper Smith falls in love with the local DA who keeps arresting Vinny for various shenanigans he keeps getting up to in this town. That includes raising money to build a new baseball field for the town's Little League. Love is in the air everywhere because this was written by Nora Ephron. Yes, that Nora Ephron. She of Sleepless in Seattle and You Got Mail fame. Two movies that will never show up on this show because those movies are definitely not the bomb, yo. Outside of the fact that Steve Martin can play an Italian mobster so well, the most surprising things that people may not know is that My Blue Heaven was based loosely, and I mean loosely, on a true story. It was based on a real person's autobiography. That person's name is Henry Hill. Now, the name may sound familiar to you, and if you're glancing at the name of this episode of this very show, don't ruin the surprise for everyone else. Henry Hill lived in New York City and became entangled with the mob at a very young age. Hill was friends with a mob guy's son. They committed various crimes together, and this got the attention of his friend's dad. Hill would join the army right around the time the FBI was investigating a mob meeting that Hill would have been at. Hill, once he left the army, planned a robbery at JFK Airport in 1967 where they stole almost $450,000 which was a lot of money back in 1967. Now Hill would use that money to open a restaurant, fall deeper into the mob, marry a woman named Karen, and, well, this probably all sounds familiar to you because it was in today's film. Now what you may be asking is, what the hell does this have to do with My Blue Heaven and Steve Martin? The same autobiography written by Henry Hill was the one that inspired My Blue Heaven. 
But whereas today's film deals with the life and times of Henry Hill gangster, My Blue Heaven is about a fictional version of Henry Hill in Witness Protection. Now, this could be chalked up to coincidence, but Nora Ephron, who wrote My Blue Heaven at the time of both films' release, was married to Nicholas Pileggi, who wrote a book about Henry Hill and co-wrote today's film. Could Nora have been inspired by her husband's script and decided to write an unofficial sequel, but make it a rom-com? We will never know. Because Nora Ephron died in 2012? Okay, I didn't know Nora Ephron died. Here I am, slightly making fun of her, and she died? 11 years ago? I just thought I was out of the loop with her, and she was still making movies. My god. Well, okay then. Anyway, that's how today's movie ended up with an unofficial sequel. Now you know. Goodfellas, either spelled has two separate words or smashed together, take your pick, came out on September 9th, 1990. Now, sorry for those of you keeping track, that is not the earliest film we have covered on this show. That title still goes to Die Hard 2. Goodfellas was budgeted for $25 million and it earned back $47.1 million. Now, here in the show, I would start listing the cast, but Jesus, where to start and stop? This is the most stacked cast on the face of the planet. I mean, you got Robert De Niro, Ray Liotta, Joe Pesci, Lorraine Baracco, Paul Servino, Frank Vincent, Debbie Mazar, Ileana Douglas, I think I'm saying her name right, Samuel L. Jackson has a small role, Henny Youngman shows up as himself, and Catherine Scorsese herself. Which brings me to the director and co-writer, Martin Scorsese. When I was picking movies for this list, I debated between Goodfellas and Casino. Now, they both seem like equally important mob films of the 90s. I could have hedged my bets and went with Casino, which came out in 95 and is a quote-unquote real 90s films. But should I deny Goodfellas it's time to shine? Which movie, which movie, which movie? I ultimately went with Goodfellas because I like it more, but but Scorsese doesn't make a bad movie. Note, I have not seen Shutter Island or Hugo. But with that said, Martin Scorsese is a name you just know, especially nowadays. He started in the early 70s and just kept on going right up to today. I don't really need to go over his stuff, right? Right. Today on That's the Bomb, Yo, I welcome my friend and podcaster, Bear, as we tell you why Goodfellas is a hella rad movie from the 90s. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Hello everybody, welcome to That's the Bomb Yo, 90 hella rad movies from the 90s. I am your host, Jason Soto. My guest today is not only a friend of mine, a very important rabbit hole podcaster, 
Uh, but they are the co-host of Whatever with Jason Soto and the host of With Strange Eons, which I think is coming back at some point. Uh, Bear. Hello, Bear. What's up? Hey, you don't need to shade me for eons. I'm well aware that I need to take it off hiatus, okay? <laughs> hey, and he's supposed to be the guest for the next it was, episode, too. It so was, I really don't need this. It was, it was, it was the most popular show on Rabbit Hole Podcast for a good chunk of time. So, you know, I gotta be concerned about these things. <laughs> yeah, but do you really want that to go to my head, you know? Maybe I needed a break to make sure my ego doesn't inflate too much. It's hard being the best artist and podcaster and person. And um, wow, <laughs> you really do got a big ego. Jesus Christ! Trying okay, to think of web webmaster and any other titles you want to give yourself? Anything else? Are there any yeah, other titles? I, I think I'm going to get better than you at Dead by Daylight, and then I'll add that <laughs> one too. Good luck with that. Um. Okay, so my first question, and you may have told me this. I don't honestly remember because this was like months. Yeah, because you don't listen to me. This was months ago when we planned this episode. I was looking for people to do Goodfellas, and you, surprisingly, no offense, jumped at the chance. Yeah. Why? It, Why did you jump at the chance well, to, to do this? It was kind of surprising to me, too, because I've never actually watched this movie in, like by myself. This is a movie that I watch when my parents put it on, and they don't even like put it on. It's just on like NBC, and we turn it on. <laughs> so it took me years to see the full movie like unbroken. Okay. Um, For a while, I, I wasn't even sure about the runtime of it, because it would just... I'd catch like the first clip and then like the ending or the middle portions. Um, I don't know. I, I don't even particularly like this movie all that much. I, I'm not a movie person, as you know. Listening to you do your intro, I heard words I knew, but not words I recognized like and could put meaning to. But I don't know. I guess I had a weird hidden passion for this film that I didn't know existed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, so for those who may not know, who may not listen to any other podcast but this podcast, uh, Bear is twenty years old. Um, <laughs> they're 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 pretty young. Um, they don't yeah, act. Not, they don't always I was act their age. Nineties. Yeah, no, you were not there for the nineties. So this whole this whole podcast is like a big mystery to you, anyway. Um, yeah, you're like we were. We could have done Casino, and I'm like, what the fuck is Casino? <laughs> <laughs> wow no um so that was why i was that that's why i was mainly surprised because you know most people i think take to this movie because they grew up with it like i know it's weird because this is not a kid's movie by any means but you know like it's something they've experienced when it was new back in like 1990 and this was like in 1990 so this all through the 90s just you know was you know popular and you know it's like a stereotype that like college kids would have this poster up in the room back in the nineties. And that's probably so much now, but you know, like nineties college kids, like it was this and Scarface. Those were like the two like mob film posters that would be put up on like, you know, douchey frats walls. I don't know what, so you're in college. What, what movie posters do frats have up now? Is it like fast and furious? Oh gosh. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think of what movie poster a frat would have up. They'd have up like um, Wolf of Wall Street. 
<laughs> okay, okay. Like, like if you want the equivalent of like, teen, like young adults who watch too many like gangster movies, that today would be like guys who are really into finance movies, but for like the wrong reasons. Like okay. they'd watch Fight Club and not get that it's, uh, you know, like, like poking not fun literal. at yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they would watch like Wolf of Wall Street and be like, oh, he's so cool, or American Psycho is a oh, big one. Wow, that really? People watch, yeah, really? like, God, he's so cool. He's such an alpha male. Oh God, no, wrong. No, that's so like people. I know someone who's uh, like that. That's like people who look up to the Joker. <laughs> that's just wrong. Yeah. But they, they see him and they're like, yeah, look at those finance bros on their grind set. That's who I want to be as a person. Oh, it's like, God. whoa, buckaroo. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, so, um, but this is like a movie that like, you know, a lot of like 90s college people like really took to because it was like the whole entire life of a guy in the mob. Like we got to see like his start in it, him fully into it, and then him you know, becoming an informant and going into the witness protection. Um, so it's like, it's like a, it's like a big snapshot of what it's like to be in the mom. And I don't know if you knew this or not, but the like eighties and nineties was like mob heavy, like mob movies ruled the theaters. Uh, it was in the news a lot, you know, it was on people's minds. So of course there'll be people who were glamorizing this. Mm-hmm. And would be like, oh, yeah, Henry Hill, I want to be that guy. I want to be the guy, the young guy in the mob family who goes in and he has to dig a dig a hole in the middle of the woods <laughs> off of the New Jersey Turnpike and then dig it back up six months later. <laughs> That's basically just what I had to do to join Rabbit Hole Podcasts. Yeah, that is our initiation system. Yeah, it's like a mob initiation. It's our, it's our hazing. That was our hazing. There was one guy we were going to have on the show. He never came back. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened to you, Edward. He he, he just couldn't handle it. Yeah, Edward's just gone. What could have been? Um, Edward died. <laughs> um, okay, so um, what's funny about this movie is I went through that cast, and a good chunk, not everybody obviously, but a good chunk of them ended up in The Sopranos. Did you ever watch The Sopranos? Yeah, I've actually watched all of The Sopranos. Um, if you remember when we did Jeopardy, I got that it was The Sopranos house when it was asking. That's right, yeah. yes. So, because Sopranos, my mom, that's one of her most favorite TV shows of all time. So we sat down my like senior year of high school and watched all of The Sopranos. Yeah, and so, so. It, it was it's really cool just like, you know... I guess it's kind of stereotype in a way, like the actors are being stereotyped. It's like, hey, you're an Italian actor. We're making a mob movie slash TV show. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna put you in this thing because, like, also a lot of these people showed up in different mob yeah, orientated. They really passed around. They're like, you look kind of Italian. Can you like be in our forty seven mob flicks we got going on right now? Because my mom really likes mob movies. Yeah, and it's like. Mom, you're watching the same five motherfuckers (laughs) basically play the same exact role, just in, like, a slightly different way. So that was the second thing. So, okay, so you didn't know what Casino was. To those who do, sorry, I may have to explain just a touch. Uh, Casino is basically Goodfellas, but from Robert De Niro's point of view, and it's in Vegas. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know what? I think I have seen Casino. That is basically that Casino. That like that. <laughs> That's basically what Casino is. Because I was like, I was like, oh, is it that one mom movie with the casino? And then I was like, well, yeah, no shit. Yeah, it, it's 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 Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, but that one has Sharon Stone in it. Um, and yeah, it's just about Robert De Niro having a casino, but he's also in the mob, or he's got mob ties. Um, and then Joe Pesci gets a very interesting death scene. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Is there any scene from this movie, you know, you've only seen it, you've seen it once all the way through, and then you've seen chunks of it. Is there like well, I've one... seen it more than once all the way through now. It just took a long time for me to see it all the way through. Oh, okay. Well, is there like one scene or any specific scene that like stands out to you from this movie that you like? Honestly, I love the one where his wife flushes the coke. <laughs> yeah. Because um, she's my favorite character. Oh, Karen. She's like, she's like the only one who really doesn't, like, she doesn't do anything yeah. wrong, really. No, like, she just married a mob guy. She helps him out. Because we got this scene mm-hmm. where they're tapping the phone lines. And yeah. Henry explains over narration that they only listen to the first 30 seconds. And if it's just like a boring conversation between two women, they'll hang up. Yeah. And so once they hear the click, the wives gives a phone back to the husbands and they do their <laughs> drug drop yeah. off or whatever. <laughs> I I really, anything with her really, like when the police are searching their house and stuff and she's calm, you know, she's a cool character. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. So I, I like I like the scene, the scenes with her. I think the Coke one stands out to me just because it's already so charged at that point from yeah. him being, you know, on things. Yeah. So yeah, it, yeah. it, it just adds to it in that moment. It's like, here he is losing his shit, but also you get the perspective of like how it's affecting his wife. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's just worrying, you know, Braco, Braco has, has her. That's just her. She, I mean, she was yeah, the same way. The Sopranos. She was exactly yeah. like that on The Sopranos. Like she doesn't take no she's, shit. She's excellent. <laughs> she's awesome. Yeah. Um, to me, there's a lot of scenes. Like, I mean, it's the it's the famous iconic scenes that everyone knows about Goodfellas. Like the, mm-hmm. I mean, you can get from the the um, you know, the little underrated one. I think is probably the whole you know, go get your fucking shoe shine box. Yeah, um, I mean that one kind of comes up, but not as much as "Am I a clown? Do I amuse you?" Like yeah. people, oh my god, Bear, you have no idea. The '90s was just full of people saying that. Like I can't even begin to express how often I heard 90s. that from 1990 to 1999. <laughs> it started to die down, <laughs> but. 90s Man, version of a it's Morbin time. Yes, exactly. It, the exact one-on-one ratio comparison. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No, but yeah, it, every, every kid, adult, everyone like TV. It was so much like in the lexicon. It was on talk shows and you know reference on The Simpsons and shit like that. Like, and it was just this one simple line of, "You think I'm funny? My clown? Do I amuse you?" <laughs> Um, is that what you're gonna start saying to me every time I make fun of you? What am I, clown? Do I amuse you? My fucking clown. Yes. Am I making you laugh? Yeah. Um. Oh my gosh, you're one of the people that idolizes the Joker. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. So. Um. 
do you think this? Okay, so I said that people like this movie because um, it kind of glamorized the mob. But do you think it glamorizes the mob? Like, do you think this is like, you know? I think it does. I think all mob movies kind of inherently, in some way, I don't think it does it as much as some other ones do. Maybe, but I think really the only downside they show to being in the mob is that he gets addicted to drugs and even that isn't really that that's kind of presented more as like a him problem that he did than it is this like well this is something that happens because there's a there's a couple of scenes in the movie that shows a couple of downsides uh there's yeah, that but... there's that montage of them finding the dead bodies all all over New York City <laughs> Yeah, but again, those aren't really, like, it's not like, oh, shit, oh, no, you shouldn't be in the, like, it doesn't make you feel deterred, really. They're just like, another day, another, <laughs> another dime. No, yep, 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 oh, he f- we found but, him dead in the ice truck, damn. I think, you know, like, part of the popularity of a genre like that is people being able to glamorize that, li- maybe not even glamorize in the way of, like, Oh yeah, I would love to be in the mob. It's so easy because not like that sense of glamorization, but more in this idea that, like, yeah, it's real rough and tumble, and you got to be a cool guy. Like, more, you're gonna see these characters going through these somewhat traumatic events, but because of the way that mob movies are structured, they don't actually face any emotional fallout or emotional repercussions that we as an audience could see, like severe trauma wise yeah like really you'd have you'd have some extreme ptsd if you're finding bodies all over town (laughs) right but because of the way mob movies have to be structured to fit into that genre they can't be like oh yeah you know i go to therapy now they even did that as a bit in sopranos yeah no yeah that that's, was that's, that's like a joke in sopranos is that he has to go to therapy i don't know if it was played off as a joke it was maybe more not a like, joke it was more like looked down upon by yeah. the other people in, in you know in the soprano family because not, yeah. not his family but like the mob family but i i think sopranos with it being a show is also better at showing those negative side effects you know yeah yeah because it has the the time to do that and sopranos wasn't just a mob show it's also kind of a oh yeah no it like was... there's so many different layers to it it was basically like a character study in these people's yeah. lives than it was about the mob it's just sopranos is so good the, the mob was just like a secondary background thing that just happened to be happening yeah it didn't even happen every episode (laughs) yeah exactly sometimes they just like go to see his daughter's college options yeah 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 or deal with uh aj's school yeah (laughs) because he was a fuck up (laughs) um he's just like me for real (laughs) um do you have a favorite performer in this movie? There's a lot. I'd list a lot of I names. Know. Uh, and if you need me to go over, you know, because I know you're, no. face, you're face blind, so I don't know if you know who most of the I people really were. Think, <laughs> I really think, <clears throat> I mean, maybe a gimme just because she is my favorite, but Bracco. Is that okay. how you say Karen. her last name? Yeah, Lorraine Bracco. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I could, no, I, I, I definitely know, could see that. Obviously, like, Joe Pesky. Pesci. Fucking great. Pesci? Pesci. Joe Pesci. 
Pesci. I've never heard it said out loud. I have no idea. I'm writing blind off of like, I've looked up the cast right before this <laughs> to make sure I knew. Because um, <laughs> again, I can't tell their faces. So I was right, like, right. Um, um, Robert De Niro's good in it too. I mean, he's like, gimme though. Again, it's like, yeah. those two are both, you know, they're going to be good, which is why I want to say Bracco because it's like, well... Ray Liotta does a great job as Henry Hill. Like, That's true. When I think Henry Hill, like I, you know, I forget it's a real guy. Um, yeah. And when I look up the real guy, it looks nothing like Ray Liotta. <laughs> so it throws <laughs> me off, and I'm like, yeah, no. When I think Henry Hill, I think Ray Liotta every time. Um, Paul Savino is a little underrated. Uh, he's the he's a very big guy that was like in prison. Yeah. He was cutting the onions with the razor. <laughs> For whatever reason, that scene really amused my grandparents um, because they like to cook. And so to mm-hmm. them, that whole scene where they were cooking in prison and they were using the razor blades to cut onions and garlic and stuff, <coughs> that just amused them to no end. Every time that scene came up, they just laughed. Um, But that is kind of a clever way to cut like garlic and stuff. I never – have you ever tried to cut yeah. garlic with razor blades? Would you ever try to do that? I can't say mm. I have tried to cut garlic with razor blades. Um, well, would you try? Would I, um, maybe as a last resort. If I'm like, I'm like at college, I'm like, oh man. <laughs> I, <need some." laughs> I got this globe of garlic and I got a razor blade. What do I do? I'm, I'm being attacked by a lot of vampires. <laughs> yes. And no knives. Whatever no will knives. I do? Um... <clears throat> Thank God for Gillette, am I right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so some of my favorite scenes um, is the the montage, like I said, with the of them finding all the dead bodies because they're playing um, the guitar solo from uh, Layla, which is like a very iconic scene. Yeah. Um, I also very much enjoy the. Um, it's not very long in the movie, but uh, the whole. Uh, robbing the uh, airport like little chunk mm-hmm. of a movie because it, it becomes kind of like a heist movie. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's not very long. It's not a very long scene, but it, you know you see them kind of planning it. You see them kind of doing it, and then you see them kind of get away with it. Um, which is crazy that that is like based on a real life uh event like that really happened. Not exactly like how it happened in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um. Because if you look up the real life thing, it's even crazier. Um, he was told Henry Hill was told to take an empty suitcase to an airport, and uh, this was nine. Actually, it wasn't the movie. took place in seventy eight, but in the real life, it was sixty seven. And so sixty seven security was lax as all fuck at airports. Um, so you yeah, could just literally. So yeah, I know. So you could literally just walk in and out willy nilly, do whatever you want. And so they just walked into the to JFK, uh, and then they went to like a um, not exactly like a bank, but it was like a place that they stored a lot of money. And so they just like walked in, and no one thought nothing of this, and they put all this money into this empty suitcase, and they they got away with uh, what I say it was like almost f- uh, five hundred thousand dollars. And like it's just that they just walked in and walked out, and no one batted an eye. <laughs> <clears throat> it happens uh yeah i've i was born post 9 11 so for my whole life if i go into an airport i'm expecting like 
Yeah. You know. Take your shoes security. off. And yeah. Got to go through the scanners and. Yeah, I've actually only flown once pre-9-11. I was 17. And Mm -hmm. um, the only thing I kind of remember about it was um, the baggage claim made me nervous. Because the thing is just constantly going. Yeah. Yeah. And and you have to like run and grab your suitcase. I don't really remember like just walk. I must have just took it for granted, just like walking into an airport and then suddenly, oh hey, I'm, I'm I'm at my gate. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like nowadays, you got to like they're three hours early. You got to stand in a line, then you got to stand in a second line, and yeah, I'm stand- a like I'm a I I'm someone who gets to the <clears throat> airport at like six hours early. <clears throat> a lot of people are because they're paranoid they're gonna miss their flight and I mean I'd rather I'd rather sit in in an airport for like three hours than be late I guess that's fair yeah even though and if, even maybe though, if it uh, gets robbed in that time I'll get some sort of recompense there you go for you know being there early yeah some weird workers comp nonsense um yeah, you know, it sucks they make you there all early, but then they're the ones who's late. Um, So I mentioned Catherine uh, Scorsese was in this movie. That is Martin Scorsese's mom, real mom, who plays Joe Pesci's mom oh, in the movie. And she was fucking adorable. She is She's probably cute. great. She was so great in this movie. Um, For being like a person who's not an actor... Like, like she's just, he was just like, hey, be yourself, pretend Joe yeah. Pesci's your son, and action. <laughs> and she's just trying to feed him, feed the friends, <laughs> um, all this stuff. She's just like, yeah, and he's like, like, ma, like, ma, it's okay, ma, we're all right, ma, we're, we're going out for a little bit, ma, it's all right. She's like, oh, baby, you want me to make you, like, a, a, you know, 14 plates of pasta? <laughs> like, no, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> like man, Martin Scorsese. She kind of reminds me. She reminds me of my grandma a lot. Okay. Um, that might be because, or I guess my great grandma, because my great grandma is from Italy. Oh okay, okay. Oh nice. So it reminded me very much of her, and then like kind of my grandpa with like every time I go to his house and every time I leave, they're like, "Hey, take, take all this food we have. Look." Don't you want it? I'm like, no, I'm good. Gross. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. No, I've, 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 you know what? Spanish, uh, Hispanic grandmothers like that too. They'll, they'll cook like a lot. And then, um, or like, okay, my grandmother, every time I would either come over, um, or like if, you know, when I lived with her, like every morning she like insisted on making me breakfast. That's how my grandma is. Yeah. Even if I'm just coming over to visit, she'd be like, "Oh, do you want some scrambled eggs and sausage and bacon and toast?" And I'm like, "No, no, no. I'm I'm just visiting. You're you like sit down." <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, something about Italian grandmothers and Hispanic grandmothers—they just like go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, okay, now you know what scenes really great. What? The last like 
20 minutes of the movie mm-hmm. when it's that whole one day of just like the last day before he gets arrested. Yeah. It's just from him waking up and he sees the helicopters and he's, you know, told he's got to go pick up drugs and he's got to go pick up someone at an airport. And, you know, he's telling his brother, I think, to stir the sauce. And <laughs> he's like, oh, my poor brother. He's seen nothing but helicopters and sauce all day. <laughs> And he's like high. He just keeps snorting cocaine, and he has to take someone to the hospital. The doctor's like, "Oh my god, you don't look good like at all." And and they give him more drugs, and and he gets busted because of a fucking woman's hat. Yeah. <laughs> a fucking I, no, I really hat. like that scene. I like that scene, and I like um, the ending references. Um, you know what? As soon as I go to say it. I'm gonna forget it where they uh film the camera it's a reference to you know i'm so glad that we have editing give me one second <laughs> <laughs> hold hold oh my god great train robbery okay oh okay i like how it's a reference <clears throat> to the great train robbery and how like I don't know. I just think that's neat. I think that yeah, whole yeah, yeah. last that I think the last even like forty five minutes of the movie is the best forty five minutes of that movie. Mm-hmm. Oh that yeah. Last scene. That last scene especially is it's a movie that gets better as it goes. Yeah, it does. And it's a it's it's a little bit long. It's a hundred and seven one hundred and forty six minutes. Yeah. So it's a it's little a, bit over a, two That's hours. why I've never seen it consecutively. Until um, like very until I went and sought it out consecutively. Yeah, no, this is definitely one of those like ones you need to, um, you need to just watch, watch it unedited, no TV version. Um, yeah. It makes me laugh that there's a TV version of Scarface, and it's like, is that like nine minutes long? Like, how, what, like, what can you show on national television? Of Scar, have you seen Scarface? You probably haven't. I haven't. I know with this movie, though, they did before, like, they had to cut out some blood. Yeah, no, they did. Alright, we could probably start wrapping up. Is there any, like, any final... Any final thoughts you got about Goodfellas? Like, you know, do you have any, like, opinions, thoughts about it? Anything you want to just, just get out there? Uh, you know, I, I mean, I appreciate you having me on, despite me not being, like, someone who can... I know usually it seems like the people you have on for these are the people who can list off every single actor, every single accolade, <laughs> every, you know, moment off the top of their head. So I'm sorry I can't really do that for this movie. Uh, um, I mean, it's all right. You you volunteered to be on the show, so I can't really be bad at you too much. <laughs> yeah, what? I said you, I can't be mad at you. Yeah, you're I know fine. you're going to you're going to add a clip to the end of this. That's like since you know I don't listen to this podcast, you're going to add a clip to them. It's like, <laughs> it's like, God, Bear really sucks. They're like the worst co-hosts. No, no, no. But, um, you're going to record it with me here and everything. Yep. I'm no, make you, I thought make it was a good, I think it's a good movie. I like it more than I like, I think any other mob movie. Um, okay. my mom personally is like a Godfather girl. Mm. Um, I just don't, I'm not a movie person. I'm definitely not a mob movie person, but this one's interesting. I think the last scene runs really, really well. Um, You know, it's not just, they could have very easily filmed it as just him being high, but they decided to take that like extra artistic step with it. And I think it's cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, 
we're not the only ones who think this is a good movie. This got like all kinds of accolades. Yeah. Um. It it's uh it is widely regarded as one of the greatest films ever made. Um. Yeah. It was deemed culturally historically, uh, significant. Um. It's in it's in the uh, National Film Registry in the Library of Congress. Um. It was nominated for six Academy Awards. Joe Pesci won for supporting actor in it. <laughs> this was the Oscars, if anyone recalls. I know you don't, but anyone else listening recalls when he won, he gave like a 10 second speech because he didn't know what to say. And he was just like something like, it was something to the effect of, I just want to thank everybody that's involved. And then he just walked off the stage. Real. <laughs> like he okay. really didn't give a speech. Um, uh, it was this was the award that he won. It was for this film, um, and like it was you know it's so weird. That, like Martin Scorsese, this was like in the like now looking back at it, this is kind of like towards like the middle of his like filmography, and he just kept going. Yeah, uh, I don't know what you think of like Martin Scorsese films as a whole. Like I don't know if you seek out like other like you know if you've seen Taxi Driver or if you've seen Raging Bull or if you've seen I've, Wolf of Wall Street or well, I've seen <clears throat> other stuff by him just because <clears throat> it's so iconic, but like I haven't um I don't I haven't sought out like I've never gone like you know what I'm in the mood for Martin Scorsese. <laughs> There's not really. I guess Greta Gerwig may be the only director I do that with, and I know your feelings on her. Yeah, it's fine. And I get, and you know, I don't really do that with actors either. No, no, other no. than Willem Dafoe. Yeah, no, that's true. But um, yeah, like a Scorsese movie, like not all of them are like ones where you're just sitting there and you're like. I'm in the mood to watch a Martin Scorsese film. I got three hours to kill. Um, it's like just something you just kind of happen to come across. Or yeah. you're like, hey, and I've never seen this. My family will just randomly put on Goodfellas if it's running on something. And then we end up sitting there and watching it. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it is weird that like Martin Scorsese, in my opinion has really not have made like a bad movie a couple of, Mm -hmm. you know, again, I've not seen every movie he's done, but, um, you know, there were some that I liked more than others. Like I like this over taxi driver. Yeah. And I think taxi driver is pretty good. I think taxi driver is good. Yeah. I don't mind taxi driver, but Um, I I definitely prefer this, but I prefer good. If I had to pick, I would pick Goodfellas over taxi driver. Um, but yeah, so I think it's, I, I, I'm, I'm, in agreement of everybody, this is really one of like the greatest movies that's out there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's really well made, well acted. There's not a bad scene in the movie, really. Like we have our favorites, but it, it just flows. Yeah, there's no. It, it keeps going. Like it's a movie that pulls you in, and that's for me, who again does not like watching movies. <laughs> if there's if there's a point to drop off a movie, I will find it. I will get irritated with it, but this movie, <laughs> it has such like a continuity to it. Like it just glides between scenes. Yeah. And you know, you don't even notice the long run time because you're just so mm-hmm. enthralled with everything that's happening on screen that you're just like, like, yeah, this is, this is fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, so there you go. Um, that's it. 
we're done. We we talked. We are we are all good fellowed out. Um, that was a good show, fella. That was a good <laughs> bear. I want to thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I thank you for having me. Um, thank you for volunteering to do this, and I very much appreciate you. There's no problem. I appreciate you too. That's the bomb, yo. 90 hella rad movies from the 90s is hosted, written, and edited by me, Jason Soto. I can be found on Twitter at Famous Comedian, or you can email me any questions, comments, or concerns to rabbitholepod at gmail.com, spelled R-B-B-T-H-O-L-E-P-O-D. This show is a Rabbit Hole Podcast production. You can find this episode and several other great podcasts over at rabbitholepodcasts.com. You can follow Rabbit Hole Podcasts on Twitter at RabbitHP. Also, you can support every Rabbit Hole Podcast on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash rabbitholepods. For three bucks a month, you get early access to episodes and bonus content. Until next time, I'm Jason Soto, and remember, wear sunscreen. Copyright 2023, Rabbit Hole Podcasts, rabbitholepodcasts.com.